Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice, nor your own sound judgment. In truth, nothing can dim your magnificence. You are a divine spark, a universal light. You are here on purpose. You are part of a divine plan. And it's our joy to support you. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is brought to you by angellight777.com. Have you ever wished you could add a comment while a show is live streaming and that it would be seen in real time and replied to? Well, now you can. Come join us for our live streams on our Facebook page and join the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today for this incredibly important program on Alzheimer's and dementia. We're offering support, information, and hopefully a sense of hope for families. With us today, once again, is our fantastic guest, Philip Duxfield from Rogue Therapies on Facebook and Philip Duxfield Counselling here in Australia, uh, in Brisbane, Australia. And Philip is available worldwide. Carol Ann, we're so blessed once again. Oh, we are so blessed. It's just wonderful to be here again on Angel Heart Radio and to be sharing this with Philip and with all of the people out there who might have questions that they're seeking answers to. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the show. Mm-hmm. Philip, thanks again, once again, for joining us. Last week when you were with us for the very first time on Angel Heart Radio was such a roaring success, wasn't it? You really were able to bring through a lot for people. And there was a lot of genuine, a feeling of genuine gratitude and um, hope happening from our audience members. So welcome back. Cool. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And of course, my pleasure to be with you and to share your wonderful space again. Thank you, Philip. Thank you. Okay, guys. So here's how it works. If you would like to add any comments, uh, if you would like to ask any questions of Philip, we have Erin in the chat room. Hello, Erin. It's actually the comment section here on our Angel Heart Radio Facebook page. This is where you connect with us. So please, if you're watching somewhere else, head over to facebook.com forward slash Angel Heart Radio and join us there. Okay, so the thing that happened for us last week, Philip, was the program that we presented together on adoption was so beautiful and so helpful and so supportive that one of our Angel Heart Radio community wrote privately and expressed some really deep personal stuff about things that I didn't know about in her life and how much the program had assisted her. And then she asked if it was possible for us to do a program on Alzheimer's and dementia. So we are very privileged and very grateful to our wonderful uh, audience member and friend for requesting that because it suddenly opens the whole field up, doesn't it, for us all to share and learn. Okay, so I'm just going to add something here. All right, guys. Right, so, Philip, what is the difference? Let's start off. What's the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia? What do you know about that? Uh, oh boy, I'm sure a lot of um, a lot of very, very more far more intelligent people than me would say they're still not quite sure what the difference between Alzheimer's and dementia is. Um, certainly, as far as we know, neurologically speaking, i.e., what's physically happening in your brain, there is um, very, very similar effects, um, causes, antecedents to to each. Um, uh, and as far as just so that we can get an understanding of what's going on, uh, the, the simplest way to understand it is your, your brain, when you have a thought, is a physical pathway which a neuron travels down, that little electrical signal. Naturally, that's a very, very simple example because there's millions and billions of these things going on. But in a nutshell, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's is just the degradation of those pathways. So your thought tries to get from one place to another and it struggles and eventually it, it just can't. Uh, which is one of the reasons we see the symptoms of dementia and Alzheimer's where they may go to retrieve a thought like a memory or they may go to understand something like a car and that neuron pathway has degraded and can't reach. So it might try to get it to a different way. Then they might say, bus, wheel, truck. 
And so that's how you know that's that degradation happening. So yeah, that starts to give us an insight to physically what, what's happening and what causes this sort of stuff. Mm, that's a really great explanation because suddenly in my mind, um, I had a I have an acquired brain injury. Um, and for me, I often struggle with opposites. And the thing what you just the, the thing that came up for me when you shared that, Philip, was it's really useful because when we begin to understand these things, we can actually understand the new language of the person. So my family now, I mean, I've had this injury since the 90s and my family understand it very well now, um, but they understand that this is what's happening in my brain. So, uh, for example, my daughter write to, might write to me and say, Mum, are you speaking um, in opposites that don't make sense to you because that's what I'm picking up from you? And, oh, yes, I am. I didn't even recognise that myself. So as we learn to accommodate a new language with a person based upon how they are experiencing their life, their words, their brain, suddenly we do begin to understand that we can actually formulate a new language. Carol Ann, you said something very interesting that I think we should mention right at the top of the show um, about what Marnie said on her program this morning with Annette. Well, hopefully Marnie's going to be able to join us and, and um, in the chat and let us know what it is. But she has come across, um, a, a, I don't know if it's an app or what it is, but it can help people who are starting to, to forget, to remind them of things to happen, whether it's going, they have an appointment to the doctors or to remember to do something on a specific day. And she thinks that it's also going to be... Um, um, verbal as well as written, but um, she didn't elaborate a lot, but she's going to try and get on the show with a comment later about it. And it's something that's been done locally here in Brisbane. So um, if Marnie doesn't get a chance to give us the details on the show, we will make sure that we put that in the comments at the end of the show. Yeah. And I'll make sure that I create a post <clears throat> around it as well. Yeah. so that people find a quote because sometimes we get lots and lots of comments which are yeah. brilliant reading everyone um when you go through one of our programs particularly with caroline and i we find that we have um because we spend a lot of time with you guys in the comment section um there's so much information in there people share such a lot which then kind of sparks yeah for other people what they're feeling and sharing and maybe haven't quite known how to express so do feel free and very, very welcome to check those out. Now, Phyllis. Can I just say something about that? So remember, you know, you go to a workshop or you're at a meeting or something and you think, I have a question, but, you know, other people have got much more important questions than my question. But you find then when you get up the courage to ask that question, half of the audience wanted to hear the answer. So in our comments section, we want you to put... What, no matter what it is, we want you to comment and any questions or whatever because we endeavour to answer every one of them after the show. And sometimes it can go on for days because we set up a relationship and, and we're going back and forth with those comments. So please don't ever um, think that your question is not important because every question is important. That's wonderful, Carol Ann. I see, Marnie, you've put a comment up somewhere. Would you mind joining? Are you on the Angel Heart Radio fa uh, Facebook page? If you're not, because this is also broadcasting on my Facebook page, uh, please join us over there, love, so I can easily see. Um, Gail's mother, who is 86, has Alzheimer's, and she's had it now for five or six years, and she's in a nursing home with her father. Gail, Welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Welcome to the community. And thank you so much for sharing that because um, as we go through the program, if you have any questions for Philip specifically or for us in general, or just something you want to share, maybe even just get off your chest, please do feel very welcome to do that. Um, Philip, one of the things our lovely community member uh, raised in a private conversation I had with her, which she has given me full permission to share with everyone, is it's the not knowing how to be with someone who's both a child and an adult, knowing that you will have to answer the same question a million times. It's one of the things, this is new for her, and suddenly 
you know, this can lead to frustration for the person, can't it? And that's completely understandable that someone would get frustrated with it, right? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and straight away, you know, I start hearing those those prompts when when I'm working with a person in these situations and they're sitting down and describing these struggles. Often, the first thing they need to hear are things like, "It's, it's okay to get frustrated. Um, we're, we're not perfect support machines. We're humans too. We have our good days and our bad days. And some days you're going to go in there and you're going to get the same questions and you're going to prattle all those same answers and you're just going to nail it. And the next day you're going to be like." just don't think I can answer all these same questions again. Give yourself permission to have your good days and your bad days. It's, there's nothing else you can do and there's nothing else anybody can expect of you. So first of all, yeah, <laughs> we said this last week, didn't we? Give yourself permission to be human <laughs> yeah. yeah, with all of your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think it, it's much bigger than we can possibly even in this moment comprehend, Philip and Caroline, isn't it? Because when we give ourselves permission to have our human moments, to be human, to experience the quite natural experience of being frustrated, I just can't answer that same question again. Um, suddenly, we at least have the opportunity to begin to um, steer clear of some of the guilt that we otherwise take on. And that guilt once we take it on, we need to really deal with that and heal it because it begins to inform lots of our other thoughts, behaviours, words, decisions and choices, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you lead on to a really, really great point, Anaya, which is the second you admit you can't be everything for everyone, then you start to open yourself up to, well, how am I going to survive? And suddenly you're looking at taking time off or engaging support networks or simply asking for help. And now you're in a place where you can be the best version of you or you can provide the best support that you can. But it all started with saying, what can't I do? Yeah. Um, and the That's flip side to this coin as well is we'll say, oh, I can't do these things and I'm struggling and, you know, and probably being very harsh on yourself. But it's probably if I could take a moment to highlight exactly how powerful your contribution is which you probably have absolutely no idea exactly what you're giving to this person. You might think you're just turning up and saying the same things every day, but to that person who the further they progress into dementia or Alzheimer's or both, the more confronting everyday life is going to be. Just being able to go through a familiar routine probably brings immense support and uh, relieves a lot of that anxiety. So the impact those little gestures have is probably far more profound than we will ever truly understand. Mm -hmm. I'm into that. Caroline, you've had quite a bit of experience, not with Alzheimer's, but learning how to be human through your own grief when your beautiful six-year-old made her crossing. And even though they're completely different subjects and topics, they're still kind of similar, aren't they? Because it still brings up the, the, the question for us, why I should have done better? Why couldn't I have done? Why couldn't I have what, you know, I felt helpless or powerless? Yeah. Yeah. One, one of, in the beginning, one of that, the things that I went into was a world of what sort of mother am I? A mother doesn't let her child die. So what did I do wrong? And I just went into the biggest guilt trip that could be imaginable. And you know, it took a long time for me to come through this journey because there were many more parts to it. But one of the things that was really important for me, and I think it's important for everyone, is to forgive yourself for feeling that way. Because, you know, once once we forgive ourselves, and we're, it's the hardest of all forgiveness is to forgive yourself. But once you forgive yourself, you find that you look at life and the situation differently. Because, you know, deep down inside me, I knew I had done everything that I could possibly do. Um, there was nothing else that I could have done. But I was still angry. I was still heartbroken. And, and it was, it was um, you know, it wasn't easy. But I think the important thing to realise is that, you know, we can only do what we can do. Yes, we are a soul. And that was another thing I had to balance the fact of being a spiritual person in a human body. And, you know, so finding this balance, but forgiving yourself 
and knowing that you have done the very best that you could do in the situation and this was meant to be because, you know, and I'm not making that a light-hearted comment, but the thing that we always need to remember is that we're exactly where we're meant to be at this time. And so this is a big part of my balance in my life. To me, balance is very important. The balance between my spiritual life and my physical life. But understanding sometimes the human part of me is way, way bigger than the spiritual part of me. And then I have to bring them the balance back into it. But forgiving yourself and knowing that you're doing the best you can. And if you can assist, get assistance in any way, both spiritual and physical, do it. Because there's plenty of help out there for you. Absolutely. And we're so pleased to be offering Philip's um, support mm -hmm. and any information he can share today. Now, I'd like to say before we go any further, we have some wonderful comments there too, Carol Ann. Um, I'd like to say that here in Australia, you can reach out to Alzheimer's Queensland, alzheimersonline.org. You can also reach out to alz.org. Now, that's for Alzheimer's Association. We also have um, ALZFND. No, it's not. <laughs> Let me try that again, guys. <laughs> okay, I'm trying that again. Okay, now I believe this is a USA link. I'm going to put these up as well, guys, okay? So ALZFDN.org. These are all links that I personally have found on Google. I have no experience of them. But if you Google Alzheimer's support, you might just be amazed what pops up. And do go with, you know, um, not the, you know, I wouldn't recommend you go with a link, you know, that is very obscure and wants information from you, like, you know, credit card details or anything like that. No, 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 you don't want any of that. Um, it's very important to have at least an idea of how can I help? How can I get help? Because the task can seem so overwhelming, right? Okay. We have a comment from Erin, our Erin Gordon. Uh, my nan was diagnosed with Alzheimer's five years ago. My aunt is her carer and lives with her. My nan was my safe place as a child. And seeing her is a struggle, especially on times where she was not quite sure who I am or only recognises me as a five-year-old Erin. Sometimes her confusion with placing who I am can distress her or frustrate her, especially if I may have my young, two young children with me, which leads me not to visit much because I don't want to upset her is this the right thing to do, to stay away? Any tips on how to engage with her? I miss her terribly. Philip? Wow. Um, uh, first of all, Erin, I don't know if you caught the show last week, but we touched a little bit on how important an emotional need security is for, for women. So... It's, I would definitely take some time if you're missing that sense of security because it's been compromised in the previous paternal role or maternal role, I should say. Um, spend some time looking for a new source of security. Um, and if you need some more um, elaboration on that, watch the, the, cast, the show from last week or, or reach out to one of us. Um, as far as actually trying to, to relate to your, your nan now, um, I think... I think a lot of people, when they're in these situations, they feel inclined to try to get the, the affected party to remember them first so they can then have that relationship. Um, but it's, it's, not, it's not a necessity. Um, so two things. First of all, in aiding people suffering uh, with dementia, that there are lots of things we can do to, to re-engage the brain, um, playing games, playing music, any creative outlet. Um, I probably know Nan very well, so you probably know what she was into. She might have liked music, she might like listening to music or singing or dancing, playing an instrument, uh, drawing, doing paintings. Um, my recommendation would be just turn up and just say, hello, how are you? Want to do some painting? Rather than, hi Nan, do you remember me? Which is just probably putting a lot of pressure on you or pressure on her. Yeah. Um, and yeah, 
that's uh, there's there's still a lot of a lot of just quality time to be shared and yeah a lot of love to be to shared you know in these twilight years that she's experiencing so take some of that pressure off and and just meet her where she is I suppose yeah yeah and music seems to be an important one too Philip you know to look back at the music that there was their favorites in years gone by you know and so you know you might be able to take in your phone with one of the some of the favorite songs on and just sit there with her and and listen to the songs while you're painting or whatever I know that a lot of people who are in this situation, they find the music from their era is very, very helpful to, to their calm state and to, to um, just enjoying life. Absolutely. The thing I find now, I would stress here that I'm speaking about other experiences of other types of relationships with people who aren't my family. But... I would just like to sort of touch on what Philip was saying. Sometimes when we want someone, and of course we do, they're our treasures, they're our, our nans, our mums, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, whoever it is, friends. We want them to remember us and we hope, I'm sure, every time that they will. But sometimes it's enough to simply sit down quietly and say hello yeah. and let them respond. Let a person respond. Sometimes we need time and they may respond to you. They might think you are a, a worker there, for example. They might think you're just a nice person who's stopped by. Yeah. These are the types of things that can open up a world of communication, a very different world, it's true, but it's still a world and there may be days where they have no clue who you are and don't want to see you. You know, there are so many aspects to this, that much I do know. And yet one of the things I know, um, and it's, again, from my personal experience, because when I first sustained the injury to the left temporal lobe of my brain, I was in a very different place to who I am now, and I couldn't, I couldn't filter information. I couldn't process information. I couldn't understand what was happening before that I had been a person I could just do 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 20 things at once do them all really great you know yeah garden house whatever I was always on the go I had so much I felt to give and then suddenly nothing in my world made sense sometimes not even the words people were speaking to me it took me a long time to come to terms with that because I wasn't the same person anymore so from that perspective, I would like to say that even though they're not the same person anymore for you or for themselves, there is still a beautiful person. And in the moments that they can relate to you in whatever shape or form that is, if at all possible to embrace that quietly and gently, I'm going to get very emotional. <laughs> it was very, very difficult. It's very difficult to lose yourself, to feel like the person doesn't exist. They just suddenly got wiped off the face of the planet, which is how I felt about myself, right? And the person I was changed with that one impact. Later on, I was able to look back and go, oh, thank God it was my left temporal lobe, not my right. <laughs> um, so look at the blessing, yeah, <laughs> you know, but that always a blessing. Um, and but it also helps me now. I'm I'm understanding that you know to do this program with you. Yes, it's not Alzheimer's, but that's still that wiping of so much. Yeah, and it's learning how to how to embrace something different. And I don't know whether this is helping anyone or whether you know you're feeling like what would you know? And I this is completely different. And either way, it's fine because. Your feelings are really important and to recognise them and, and I want to acknowledge however it is that you personally are feeling right now. Hope is a many splendid thing as we know mm -hmm. and it really does lift us in ways that our physical understanding, our mental capacity, our thinking processes simply can't grasp of them. So 
we've got to comment here. If there's no nothing else anyone wants to say on that. Just uh, getting back. Going well said. Erin um, has just commented and she said she usually engages with Anan with music. She lights up when Neil Diamond is on and reminisces about dancing with my grandfather who passed in the 1980s. So, you know, what a beautiful connection, even if there's, you know, very little other connection, but just to be able to share that connection, mm -hmm. it's just absolutely beautiful, absolutely. And you will take that with you going forward yeah. as a memory, a beautiful, treasured memory, right? Um, stepping back now to Gail, Gail said, um, I just turned on my page and here you were. Ah, a topic close to my heart right now. This helps me understand how my mum is functioning, not knowing my father anymore. Finding peace in forgiving myself and others in my family. Gail, you're a brave and beautiful soul. Look at that, what you have shared there that contains so much courage, but also a lot of grace and dignity. You are bringing this forward in a way that now has the opportunity to assist other people. Because sometimes one of the things I do know with grief, absolutely, is we don't want to let go. No. And often we don't realise it, but we don't want to let go of our grieving either because we feel like it's the only thing we've got left. And, Philip, that is a completely understandable, natural response, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. It was um, one of the things that I was, was going to touch on at some point with the whole process of supporting a person as you're essentially losing them is the, the grieving process, um, which is it's very cut and dry when you lose a family member but when you've, you've lost a family member, but they're still there, the grieving process can start and then stop and it can be interrupted and it can start all over again when you think they're coming back and that they don't, they regress. So again, perhaps familiarising yourself with the grieving process, it's, it's, it's very mm. readily available. Probably most of you would already know what it was, whether it's like anger and denial and bargaining all these stuff. Um, yeah, just taking time to acknowledge at what part of the process you're in, explore it a little bit. Um, and yeah, embrace it rather than trying to fight and bury those emotions, which probably are part of you processing what's happening. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Amy with us. Welcome, Amy. Always lovely to have your beautiful company. Allowing myself to be human and feel all the feelings is hard. Yes. But the huge abyss opens when trying to be both genuine with my loved one and also to try to answer her in a way that reaches her. She literally doesn't understand or recognise that she's being asked the same thing a dozen times. So she doesn't understand where our frustration is coming from. Um, thinks she has done something wrong and it breaks her heart. Philip? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. It's huge. I know yeah, it's huge. And, and, and I hear you because, yeah, what you're saying is I've, I've lost the ability to just be pleasant and polite and tell her 100 times a day the same thing. Um, is there someone else that you can have step in for a little while where you can get your strength back? And, and it's a good time to ask you, where are you getting your strength from? Do you know where you're going to get physically recharged, spiritually recharged? So the next time you go back, you are ready to be that super positive person who can just say the same thing a hundred times an hour because it makes that person feel safe again. Yeah. Um, do, do you need some time to explore those supports? You know, do you, um, is it a little thing like have you ever taken time to go am I an introvert or an extrovert as far as how I recharge extroverts need to find other people to recharge introverts need to be alone to recharge how are you are you acknowledging that part of yourself with your self-care so the next time you're in that situation you're you're recharged and you can give of yourself again I hope that helps <laughs> it's um Amy now says trying to help my partner to forgive himself and allow himself to grieve the loss of the mother he knew and embrace the child she is becoming. So, Amy, I can fully understand here that not only are you juggling how to support your, your mother-in-law and how to not give yourself too hard a time because you get so frustrated, you're also now got this part of you that wants to be there for your husband as well 
this I can only imagine this three-way split, and there are probably other people in the mix I don't know about as well. This split for you, you know, I think one of the most important things now, and this is not advice. I want to make this absolutely clear, everyone. We are not offering you any kind of advice. We are offering support. Philip, on the other hand, is a professional. He is qualified to offer um, professional advice, right? Taking, and I know you are caring for someone who requires a lot of hands-on care, a lot of mental attention, awareness. Where is she? What's she doing? Is she safe? Blah, blah, blah. Right? All those things. There's so much going on. But somehow or other, how do you then, my, my support, my advice to you is you need to find something that is yours and yours alone. Some small block of time that belongs to no one except for you. This might only be 10 minutes. But when you know you've got that, I've got, I've got my 10 minutes coming up. I've got my five minutes coming up. And you can just go outside and breathe or go within and meditate or, you know, pull some beautiful cards or, you know, write in a diary or put your head into a pillow and scream. I've done that many times, I can tell you, and it's been so incredibly valuable for me to get it out of my physical body out of my being and scream all the now I used to take a drive in the car and scream I thought the other the other drivers must have thought I was insane but I would scream my head off I hate you I hate you I hate you whatever it is completely irrational stuff goes I didn't hate the person at all but that gave me that freedom then just to get it off my shoulders oh that feels so much better it's out. I could then go home and just go back to whatever I was doing because my husband had a mental illness and he was very, um, he required a, a lot of attention. Um, so how do you find even five minutes for you, Amy, that nobody else gets to intrude on? And, and uh, only perhaps a what what do you need most? Oh yes. I was just saying, what do you need most in that five minutes? Are you like me, where you need to be alone for half an hour at the end of each day to recharge because you're an introvert? Are you going through the anger part of your grieving phase and you need to find some time to scream and be angry or smash in plates? What what do you need from your recharge most at the moment? Yep. If if I need to um to to sort of let go of steam, I go out and talk to a tree go out and walk amongst my trees and, and, you know, talk to nature and things. But Amy has replied and she said, we are polar opposites. He is an extrovert and I am an introvert. So we provide insight to each other and find ways to provide recharge for each other during the time of pandemic isolation. We drive to the beach. We have safe words for when we need a break and we each have our our own headphone hobbies that are all our own. And she also writes, paints and screams at the ocean. <laughs> Beautiful. Well done. So that's, that's telling us, isn't it, that Amy has a lot of tools at her disposal. You have a lot of personal insight and knowledge, understanding and awareness. So let's talk about the person who maybe doesn't have all of that. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is not about comparing anyone. We are all individual and on our own journeys and we are experiencing things in our own way, in our own time. That cannot be rushed or hurried, nor can it be compared. So let's talk about, Philip, the person who maybe doesn't have that personal insight or awareness and they maybe just be starting this journey. Maybe they've been in the journey a really long time and feel like they've lost themselves and they don't know who they even are anymore, let alone what they need or how to provide it to themselves. Yeah, so lots of things that we can take time to, to, to just uh, allow ourselves to process. Um, and again, finding someone to help you through this, even if it's just a family or friends or, or just a support network, just to take time to do things like uh, like understand the loss, for example. 
which is about taking time to grieve um, and understanding the losses. It, it sounds very simple, but it can be a very, very complicated thing because we each of us interpret loss differently. So just exploring what it, what it means to lose someone, especially if you haven't lost someone like this before, even if they are just regressing, you essentially have lost a version of them. You've lost a relationship with them. You've lost an aspect of them. So taking time to understand that loss and then, of course, understand the grief as you're going through it and the different stages of grief as you're going through it. Um, ask yourself what your support network is and, and what you're going to lean on to get through the times when they get hard because they will. Let's be, let's be frank. Um, asking hard questions like why is it happening? Uh, because on some level you want to know. On some level you're going to find yourself one day is going, why? Why does this happen? Why do I have to lose someone? Why does it have to be this way? Why? Yeah. Why? Explore that. Talk it through. Scream and get angry if you need to, but take some time to try your best to understand why it's happening. Even if it's just all you come back to is it's just physical things and it happens to people. Yeah. Spend some time, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. Ask yourself what expectations you had about this period of your life and this period of their life and perhaps what you thought your relationship was going to be like. Ask yourself what expectations you now have to let go of. Did you have uh, visions of the future, which you had a lot of hope or emotional security invested in, which have suddenly vanished? And do you have to spend some time addressing, identifying, and then subsequently letting go of those expectations? Um, lots of stuff, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. That's, I think that's all I have noted down for the time being, yeah. But that, they're all important, Philip, and they're all um, very, very important. One of the other things I know, Carol Ann, you will also be feeling. Um, now, Carol Ann is the sort of person that she can go into meditation. Boom. She can just do it. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> so I have to say that right off. Um, having a guided meditation for me is wonderful. I can simply go plug in my my earpods or my, my my earphones or whatever I'm gonna wear and just close my eyes and let someone else do all the work and I go along for the journey. Now on my website angellight777.com you will find a bunch of really truly beautiful, gentle, gracious guided meditations that the angels often have channeled. Most of them have been channeled through spontaneously on Angel Heart Radio over the years. Um, so I want to welcome you to, to have a listen to those if that feels like something you'd like to do. Some of them are a few minutes. Some of them are maybe 20 minutes. So there's something for And they're all free. Right? You won't be charged at any time. Um, angellight777.com is where you go for that. Uh, Princess Jewel, welcome. I want to just take this moment to welcome some of our lovely, lovely participants today. We have, because um, some of you are watching elsewhere, right? So it's quite tricky <laughs> to yeah, acknowledge you. Different, different chat lines. Mm. Yeah, so if you are watching anywhere else other than the Angel Hut Radio page or perhaps on YouTube, um, our YouTube channel is brand new, everyone. We don't even have any subscribers. I'll put the link up on Facebook. Yes, Please do. subscribe. I'm a subscriber. So, yes, oh, we do. Oh, I take it all back. We have an incredibly important VIP <laughs> subscriber there. So, you, so please come and join. And once I think we get uh, Marnie knows about this, I think it's 100, is it, Marnie? We can actually then get the um, Angel Heart Radio channel name. We can't get that right now because we don't have enough. Or well, we have one. And then a VIP, I might add. <laughs> we have, there is so much going on here. Um, Marnie Perna, oh, that's you, Carol Ann. Marnie, thank you so much for joining us. I can't see your comments here. I think Carol Ann can, so that's wonderful. Yeah, all I, all I can see is that Marnie is there. So I've just asked okay. if she can highlight what she mentioned on NHS. Okay, all right. So now what I'd like to do is go back for our, to our community members uh, sharing. Uh, let me just get those in Messenger. Okay. It's for her. For, oh, and Princess Jill says she's sharing. Thank you so much. That's a real community service as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'm really grateful that, that you're taking that action. Thank you. 
it's finding boundaries when she loses all of hers. Wow. They're only a few words, but gee, they contain a lot, don't they, Philip? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, and um, I'm like, wow, boundary, it's yours, hers, um, what kind? And how, how integral were those to your relationship in the past? There's a lot we can, we can dig into there, definitely. And then okay, so question, I'm sorry, uh, that Caroline? Aaron asked, Philip, that I think is important is, do you think the person with Alzheimer's is conscious that they are losing a part of themselves? That's very difficult to answer. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and it's probably one of those scenarios where in some places, yes, in other places, no. Mm. Yeah, that's a hard one. Mm. Mm. I think, again, it comes back to there are some things you can't do anything about. And that level of frustration, that level of, you know, surely there must be something like this, surely. You know, it, you, I think we've got to be very aware, not for you guys. Please, look, research is absolutely wonderful, but you can run yourself ragged with it. So if you get any really great bits and pieces of information that you'd like to share so that other people will have the benefit of, of links or that you personally have gotten assistance from, please, please do put them in the comment section of this particular broadcast at any time. That would be really appreciated. Um, the next part I want to come up with, um, no, so I'm just going to come back to a moment to finding the boundaries when she loses all of hers. This is very tricky because sometimes boundaries are the only things we feel like we've got any say over in a situation like this, aren't they? Um, I don't know what you guys are feeling. Please do let us know. So I really don't have a lot that I can offer you in the way of support for that. But what I would like to say is that you're such a strong and wise person. And over time, I know you will figure this out and it's being willing to take that journey. And I'm aware that even while you're on that journey, her journey is changing all the time. So for those people who, and you're on Angel Heart Radio, so you're going to really get this anyway, send out a call to the universe, pray, ask God, creator, the angels, great spirit, the universal wisdom, unconditional love for support. Uh, ask for things to be sent your way that you will clearly recognize because you're probably exhausted. So you need to be able to clearly recognize these signs and signals as they come along and get put in front of you. Ask that. And, you know, the great thing about this is you can ask that no matter how many times I need to see it, please keep bringing it back. So asking for universal support, that will help your spiritual strength as well. Because as you begin to receive it and recognize um, that you are receiving it, it will build you up as well. As we go through this journey today with each other, please support each other in any way that you can. That's going to be important as well. You can form a little community here with each other. Does anyone have any questions for Philip? Any comments? Anything they want to get off their chest that they don't feel is safe anywhere else? Yeah, definitely. While we have a, a gap perhaps in the comments, um, uh it's probably a good time to start to talk about some of the some of the, the latest discoveries that science has made into oh, right. causes um, causes of um, dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, they modern science has been figuring out for a long time and more so every five to ten years that the mind is far more responsible for what happens in the body than we previously thought. And um, I'm going to quote a, a marvellous doctor called Dr. Karen Leaf right now, who I saw in a seminar um, at, at a church uh, probably about 10 years ago now, age 10 years ago, who is a, a neurologist who said that the latest studies they were doing back then 10 or 15 years ago were saying that, time. so first of all, they were saying that over 75% of all illnesses and up to 95% of all cancers were actually caused through the mind and improper thought processes. Yep. Um, and this comes back to our topic on Alzheimer's, 
because what they noticed, so they did experiments where hopefully everyone knows what an ECG is, where they stick this thing on your, your head and you think, and it, basically it lights up in real time. So you can think, they can measure the electrical impulses and they can record it. So what they did was they had people think different things to then measure how the brain physically like actually responded. And here's what they discovered. If you're thinking positive thoughts, if you're thinking good things about yourself and other people, your brain is showing wonderful activity. Now, existing activity, your neurons will fire along these pathways. And if they use these pathways enough, these pathways will form new pathways. And these pathways will eventually form little nodes. They call them nodes, little hubs. And these nodes form exponential pathways. So positive thought breeds real growth. Where it gets really interesting is if you're thinking negatively, your brain literally shuts down. And the amount of activity goes so quiet that even the existing pathways, if they go unused long enough, they will become unusable. And as at the beginning of the program, this is the beginning of Alzheimer and dementia because these existing pathways no longer function. And in addition to this, it wasn't just because they tested lots of things. They tested what the brain did when you were singing. They tested what the brain did when you were praying and you got more and more and more activity. Apparently speaking in tongues, the brain was going completely bananas. So it, it, it probably just very, very crucial to just share that with people at this point, talking about the subject, positivity with brain chemistry, intrinsically linked, very, very important, very powerful. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And something else I would like to share, and I mentioned it to Philip and Anna before we went on here, is water. Water, water, water. We're, we're all being told to drink more water for our body, but we also need the water for our brain. Um, they did a very interesting test experiment in uh, Europe and in an aged care home, they gave the people there a small glass of water every 30 minutes and they kept that up for a month and they could not believe the difference in both their attitude, their health and their mind at the end of that month. And the reason we need water at any age is because the myelin, I think that's how you pronounce it, the myelin sheath that surrounds your brain gets thicker and it works better when it's got water. It's not dry because the water gives the brain the electrical energy for all its functions, including thought and memory processes. So, you know, we're told all the time, drink water, water, water. But our parents and our grandparents, they didn't drink water like we drink water. So, you know, if you're caring for someone, make sure they have plenty of water. Even if they don't want to, just put it there beside them and see if they can drink water. Anything that can help them is going to help you as well. Wonderful. That is so incredibly powerful. And it begins to open up so much for us, Philip, doesn't it? That simple thing of water every 30 minutes. Yeah, very simple, very powerful. Is that we're, we're human and, and you know, so don't get down on yourself and, and try and, and if you're in a state of flux and anger and things, just take a breath. It's so important to remember to breathe and try to come out of your head and into your heart. I can't give you a lot of the beautiful help that Philip can give you, but I can only tell you how I feel. And I know in my grief, um, with it was really funny, you know, funny civil word to use. When my mother made her transition, I thought to myself, when she and I discussed it before she made her transition, because she was clairvoyant, so we talked about many things. And I thought, I'm a spiritual person. I can understand more about my mother's passing and that she's okay. But I was in a terrible state for a while. And then I suddenly realised, my guide said to me, yes, you spiritually know what the situation is, but you're in a human body and your body, your human body needs to go through the process of grieving. So it's about allowing your body, allowing your humanness to, to go through any of the emotions that you're feeling when you have feel that when you know that you're losing someone because they're not the same person they were five years ago. 
but they're still them. Their soul is still residing in that body. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amy says, wow, big wow. <laughs> um, power of positive thinking suddenly takes on an, entire, an entirely new dimension. And she also says, I'm going to raise my water intake right Good. now. Good. And that is so important, so very important. And touching, and she also says, thank you, Philip. So touching on that avenue of grief, it's going to take how long it's going to take. Some people will say you should be really coming, starting to come out of it in six months. Well, I think that's hooey. <laughs> Myself, how long is a piece of string? Yeah. Um, when my parents died and they died very close to each other and then there was a, a loss of a very significant relationship in my life about nine weeks later, I just fell into the deepest pit, honestly, and it took me almost three years to really come to terms with what had happened. And it took a lot of different avenues for me. And like Carol Ann, I kept thinking, why? I'm a spiritual woman. Mum and Dad have visited me. I know they're okay. I know they're well and happy. Their lives continue where they are now. And I could not accept it. And one of the things, and I don't know whether this will help you guys, but one of the things that came to me eventually was that all of my inner children, and we have inner children of different ages, my inner five-year-old, didn't know how to live without them. I was, I was too scared to go to the mailbox in the front yard for months. I had to really work up the courage to get there. Just about all my plants just about died because I would only go out at certain times to water them. I just couldn't do it. And when I started to put that together, I then started to realise that I, have an, I had an avenue to proceed with. So what I personally started to do is I started to talk to my five-year-old in a child as an adult and say, it's okay, I'm grown up now, I know how to take care of you, even without mummy and daddy. I know how to look after you, I know how to feed you and care for you and clothe you. I know how to drive. I forgot how to drive one day at the traffic lights. I went into an absolute panic. I didn't understand what I was doing in that car. And then suddenly it dawned on me. That was my five-year-old. It's okay. I know how to drive. And I'm a good driver. You'll be fine. So there are little things like that, aren't there, Philip? Those are little realizations that can pop up that begin yes, um to unfold what's really going on for us as well. And with, with processing grief, part of how I come to understand processing grief myself and how I've helped other people through their own process of grief is, and uh, obviously people process grief in different speeds. And I've in the past found myself quite envious of those people who I think have the capacity to just melt down when they go through a loss and they're just, they're blubbering messes for hours and hours and hours. But you know what? The, the grief is just done. <laughs> I, um, I, I liken it to when you lose someone, you get your grief bucket of water. And your grief bucket of water is dirty and it's huge and you carry it around with it everywhere. But then you'll grieve and you'll, you'll cry and the tap gets turned on and you, 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 you know, your, your grief is pouring out. I've never had the ability to just pour it out and let it all out. So with me, it's always been like grief and then off. And then I've got to do, i got to, I got to go back to work. I've got to help someone else. I've got to pretend I'm okay. But boy, you're always carrying that grief around until you can set aside time to let it out. And uh, it's probably quite, um, it's probably quite poignant at this point with people who are supporting those loved ones who are they're losing gradually. Is how do you set aside time to grief? Do you set aside yeah. time to just get get sad and have a bit of a meltdown? Um, or yeah. Or like me, do you just struggle to do that? You've got to spend like an hour sitting down and going, just allow yourself to be sad. It's not the end of the world. You need to do it. Yeah. And it's extended yeah. grief, isn't it? Because it's shifting all the time. It's, but, you know, yeah. their, their, their experience of their loved ones is shifting and changing all the time as their loved ones shift and change. 
so it's shifting and changing. So that's another understanding to come in. So you actually have a lot going on for you and on top of what's happening with your loved ones. So we really hope, we pray, we trust that today's program has been useful for you, supportive for you. And Amy says, yes, it is. I tried to provide it. Oh, okay. So that page Amy suggested for us, she said there's a really good page on Facebook. Hang on, let me go back to the chat room. Up to the restream, and if you can, you see that anywhere, Caroline? Dementia Caregivers Support Group, right on Facebook. Uh, Amy says that she gets a lot of support in there and she finds that very, very useful. So, thank you so much for sharing that. So, um, everyone, we really value and appreciate your time. We're so grateful that we've been able to bring this program to you today. Mm. Caroline, it's um, it's just amazing when when we can give our thoughts from our heart, and Philip can give the the um the different kind of thought because and the different kind of message because he's he's a trained person. We we just come from our heart. Yeah, Philip, thank you so very much for joining us once again. Uh, I really feel that your support for both. And I honestly, I would really like to share up what Philip said. If you haven't watched the program from same time last week, um, even though the topic was adoption, it really touched on a lot of these different areas, didn't it, Philip? And it really brought a lot of great information through about our emotional and psychological needs as well. So I really, really recommend you, you watch that one as well, guys. I think you'll get a lot out of that. Mm. Thank you both, and, and Carol Ann and, and Aya. You guys, um, you contribute so much uh, just from your experience. There's a lot of a lot of wisdom there. So, um, yeah. And if I can please just encourage everybody who's going through that support situation at home once more, just to say, wow, you guys are doing so much more than you're probably aware of. So be encouraged and <laughs> keep it up. Mm. Absolutely. And thank you for that, Philip. Because I'm sitting here, I don't know how old you are, but you know, we've got you know, at least 100, we probably, no, not 100, because you and I aren't quite that old, Caroline. I guess we are. We're over 50. Yes. 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 We, so we look got, at our, com- we got well over, I've got three quarters of a of 100 years on my side without yours. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just. I'm not that behind you. So when we look at the combined wisdom and sharing, and, and I love that, Philip, because it really speaks to me and shores up that it's getting some sort of community together because as you were speaking with people, particularly people who have some experience and maybe they're a bit further down the track as well so they can bring something through, you get combined knowledge and wisdom. That is fabulous. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so keep an eye out, everyone. We will definitely be having back with us for another program. We haven't even we, have, we haven't even asked him. We just say. <laughs> so take good care. Well, we everyone. will talk to you about this later. <laughs> Stay tuned. So great. Um, thank you. <laughs> so that is Rogue Therapies here on Facebook. If you reach out to Philip there you can then find out all the different ways that you can work with him regardless of where you are in the world, right? You can ask him, hey, I live here. Can you support me? Can I work with you in some way? So please do check out Rogue Therapies. The link for that is in the body of the information about the show today. So thanks again, Philip. Thank you. Thank you, Carol Ann. Thank you, Anaya. Thank you, Philip. It's, it's been a wonderful show again, and thank you for being here with us. And thank you all. There are so many of you there. I would love to mention each and every one of you by name, but you know who you are. You're watching, even if you've not made a comment. I want to thank you for being with us and we really value who you are in the world and we're so grateful to be here to support you. So please remember to be kind to you. Look after yourself. It's the more important than you can ever imagine. And as Philip pointed out, your positive words make the actual world of difference so look after yourself everyone and we'll be back with you next week and check out all the great hosts and programs we've got on angel heart radio right here on facebook for you as well thanks everyone lots of love 
Take good Thanks, care. Everyone. Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Love you. Bye, everyone. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world and to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views and opinions expressed by Angel Heart Radio hosts, guests, co-hosts and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.